Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message. Father, we just come to You right now, Lord, and we thank You for Your presence that's here in this place today. God, we just look look forward with great expectation of what You're going to do today. We know that You have a purpose for each and every one of us, God, and we just... Lord, we just want to set you free. (laughs) We don't want to hinder you in any way right now. God, help us to take off any sort of uh, uh, chains that we've tried to put on you to hold you back. Help us to take you out of that box that we've created, Lord, that you might do what you want to do, have your will and your way. Lord, we we, we know that you want to do great things, God. And so I ask right now that you help us to just take our minds off of everything of this world and to set them on You. Help us to just purify our hearts and minds right now, and to set them on You, Lord. Lord, we just ask that You come and intervene in this situation right now. God, come and just move right now. Lord, soften our hearts that we might hear You. Tear down any walls we put up between You and us, Lord. And Lord, just shake us at our very core. We thank You and praise You, God, that You continue to pursue us, that You continue to love us, and that You continue to show us more of You, Lord. Have Your way in this service. Lord, I ask that You send anointing right now that I could speak and say the very things You'd have me to, Lord, and that the name of Jesus would be glorified in everything that's said and done today. And we ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 24. This first passage of Scripture, uh, I actually shared a couple weeks back. And without us having church last Sunday morning, I couldn't tell you when it was. Man, that's thrown everything off in my mind. Uh, But nevertheless... We're going to talk about this passage of Scripture again, and and then some. Um, How many of y'all have seen God move in your life? Can can y'all just raise your hand real quick? Okay, man, that's a lot of people, right? So, all of those that raise your hand... There is no denying that God has moved in your life. I mean, somebody couldn't convince you of that, right? Nobody could come to you and somehow make a good enough argument that you just made that up. I mean, it's as real to you as me standing here in front of you today. Is is that right? Can everybody agree with that? I guarantee you, when when I've seen God move in my life, there is no convincing me otherwise. Okay, and I'm not talking about those things that I choose to give God credit for. I'm talking about those times when I know it's God. There's no doubt in my mind. So, um, kind of keep that in your head as we go into this scripture this morning. Exodus chapter 24, and we're going to read verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> So just to give a little background, what's going on here? Uh, the nation of Israel has come out of Egypt, and they are at Mount Sinai, and God is establishing a covenant with His people. Now we know what's going to happen later, right? I mean, they're going to they're going to make this covenant with God, and then almost immediately turn away from it. 
You know, anybody else ever done that? You don't have to raise your hand on this one. You make promises to God. Yeah, God, that's great. I hear your word. I hear what you're saying. I want to do that. And then 10 minutes later, you're doing the exact opposite. Aren't we foolish? We do the same kind of thing. So let's not be too hard on Israel here. But it does point out some things. We need to understand that. But here is what I want to focus on in verse 9. It says, Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Look at verse 10. And they saw. They didn't feel. They didn't have somebody whisper to them. They saw the God of Israel. And there was under His feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in His clearness. Mm, man, put yourself in their situation for just a moment, y'all. What must that have been like? And, and you know, you may be thinking, well, I could have swore I've read somewhere that, that even God Himself said, you can't see Me and live. Well, you know, what he's really saying is I can't reveal to you the fullness of me and live. But what I can do is show you a little bit of myself. I can, I can reveal a, 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 you might want to say, watered down version of me. All that you can handle. John saw saw uh, Jesus in Revelation. He gives an account of that, that vision, and he, he describes what He looks like. And He said, when I saw Him, I fell on the ground like I was dead. See, these are, these are these encounters with God that we have record of in the Bible, but I know as, as all of y'all raised your hands a while ago, you've had these encounters of God and you've seen something of God that these people here saw that day. You've seen some of His glory. You've seen the glory of God. And you know, that's not always a visual thing. Sometimes it's, it's the after effects of God encountering you. Sometimes it's just because He has been there. You get to see this glory. Like Moses saw Him one time. And he, he, he told God, I might read this verse here in a minute, and he goes through all these things. He's getting, yes, 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 I'll do that, Moses. I'll do this, Moses. And he says, man, I'm on a roll. Let me go ahead and ask another one. He says, show me your glory. And God says, oh, Moses, <laughs> I can't do that. If I would do that, you, you wouldn't live. He says, but I'm going to tell you what I will do. I'll let you see my backside as I go by. I'll let you see the after effects. I'll let you see what happens when I encounter you, what happens afterwards as I'm leaving. And y'all, what I want you to imagine today is seeing the glory of God. I want you to imagine for just a moment what it is like when God encounters you, when He interacts with you on, on your level. right? I mean, you, you may not see it on His level, but you see it on your level. Sometimes it's, it, it may be this visual manifestation like so many people in the Bible have seen. Sometimes it may just be that, that presence that you sense. Sometimes, you know, I've heard people say, 
Uh, I heard one guy give a, a testimony one time. He was, he was almost in a car accident and didn't have on his seatbelt. And he felt a hand grab him and pull him into the chair. I don't remember who told me that, but I've heard it before. So it may be like that where you don't see God. You don't, you don't really have any other evidence that He's there, but you feel a touch from Him. I've heard people that were healed say, say they, they just felt like something touched them all of a sudden and they were healed. There's all this evidence and, and y'all, I want to just see the glory of God. I want to see His glory. And I don't necessarily mean with my eyes. I mean, I want to see God work in people's lives. I want to see the effects of what God is doing. If you go down to verse 17, it says, and, and once again, try to put yourself in their shoes. Israel, the rest of the Israelites are at the base of this mountain. And all this stuff is going on up there. And it says in verse 17, in the sight of the glory of the Lord was like. It didn't say it is, it said it's like. This is the best way they can describe it. Like a devouring fire on top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Can you imagine seeing that? Okay, first of all, have y'all ever stood at the base of a mountain? And you look up and you don't really get a grasp of the size of this until you see something on the mountain that you can try to apply some sort of scale to. Maybe it's a tree or, or something, but, or maybe you see a car on the side of the mountain and you're just like, that thing is so tiny. And then you say, you know what, this, this mountain is so much bigger than what I thought it was just by looking at it, Okay. So imagine being one of these Israelites at the base of the mountain and they look up and it's not like there's a little forest fire burning. The, the top of this mountain is consumed by the glory of God. It says it's like a devouring fire. Can you imagine the top of this mountain just being covered by the glory of God? And these people are standing down there witnessing this knowing that there's 70-something other people up there in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, Kevin, what, where are you going with this? <laughs> well, just hang on. And that other passage I talked about is Exodus 33, 18-19. Moses said, and it says, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he, and he said, talking about God, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Y'all, I, there's somebody here today, I feel like the Lord just spoke to me in that moment right then. He said, somebody just really needs to see the goodness of God. You might not have seen the goodness of God in a while. Man, it's easy to miss sometimes. If we focus on the wrong thing in our life, you begin to see all the turmoil. Maybe, maybe your life is in chaos for a moment. Maybe, maybe it seems like the weight of the world is on you and, and there's these things coming against you all the time and you just need to be reminded that there is a way to see the goodness of God. David said, I, I would have lost hope if I hadn't have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
And you know that that hope is, is necessary in our life. It is a component that makes faith. If we lose faith in our God, there's nothing to live for then. We're just existing. So we need to seek out the glory of God. We need to seek out His goodness. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. God, I don't know what I would do if you told me that. (laughs) Y'all think about this for a moment. I don't think y'all are getting what I'm saying right now. What if God told you? What if He walked up to you and said, I'm going to make all of my goodness pass before you? How do you react to that? I don't even know what to respond with. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to react. I know all, of the, all there would be though is great anticipation with me. I've got to see this, right? I'm not going to be thinking about anything else in my life. I'm not going to be thinking about any problems I have. Man, I've got to see what is the goodness of God. When He says, I'm going to make all my goodness pass before me, I've got to see what that is. You know, we come up with these little crazy ideas sometimes of what we think the goodness of God is, but am I scaring y'all this morning? I'm getting some weird looks. I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. We need to be reminded of something right now. Because it's so easy for us to begin to put Moses up on a pedestal. He was a man. Just like us. There was nothing special about Moses. Moses was called by God. Moses was obedient. That's the thing that made Moses special, right? Y'all, he's called each and every one of us. Are we going to be obedient? Moses was hungry for God. He sought after God. Y'all, he didn't just say on a whim, hey, well, show me your glory. That'd be kind of cool. That was not his tone. I can promise you that. There was a deep longing and yearning within his heart that wanted to know more of God that wanted to be as close as he possibly could get. And, you know, you may have experienced that at some point in your life, and then sometimes we allow things of this life and this world to come in and kind of, kind of quench that fire that's in us, and we begin to lose sight of what it was to be in the glory of God and to see His goodness. And you need to be reminded today that that is the same God that we still serve today, and He wants to show you His goodness. He hasn't changed at all. It's still the same God. You say, well, He doesn't deal with us the same way. Wrong! He wants to. He wants to touch your life just like He touched Moses. He wants to move in your life just like He did the Israelites. He had a plan for them. He has a plan for you. He wants to move in you. But how bad do you want Him to? Turn over to Luke chapter 2. Man, I'm still hung up on that goodness thing, y'all. 
That's another one of them. I've read it I don't know how many times, and it just jumped out at me. And then like, what does it mean when God says that? <laughs> you know, God, God thinks different than we do, y'all. Sometimes we make a lot of assumptions about what God's thinking and what God means when He says a certain thing. I have a feeling that the things He intends and the things He means are a lot deeper than what we comprehend. So what did He mean when He said, I'm going to make all of my goodness pass before you? (laughs) He didn't say, I'm going to show you a good thing. He didn't just say, I'm going to show you a good thing. I'll be hung up on that one for a few days. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. So here we have a little glimpse into the early life of Jesus. But that is not what the focus of this passage is about. There are some... There's some key concepts here that we as Christians in the year 2017 need to either uh, remind ourselves of or adopt as practices of our own. And I will highlight those in a moment. Verse 22 is where we're going to begin. It says, And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. This is like a baby dedication, right? I mean, that's what this is in, in simplest terms. I mean, there's a little more to it than that, but that's what this is. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. There's a lot of things I'm trying to stress right there that you probably are going to want to underline later on. Well, let's continue. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Hmm. Man, let's just unpack this for a minute because there's a lot there. First of all, in verse 25, it says that he was waiting... For the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the Messiah to be revealed. Waiting for Him to be born and come. That means this man has foreknowledge of what is to happen. He has studied. He knows the prophecies. And on top of that, it says that it was revealed unto Him by the Holy Ghost 
that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So this prophecy had been in place a long time, and everybody's like, yeah, okay, okay, I know he's coming someday. Kind of like a lot of us are now. You know, I know Jesus is coming back someday. But this man had a special uh, uh, unction from the Holy Spirit that told him, no, you're not going to die before you see him. He's coming that soon. And so he, he, he has an expectation within him. Do you understand that? Do you hear me today, church? There is a longing within him to see the fulfillment not only of prophecy, but what the Holy Spirit had revealed to him. He can't wait. And it says he went into the temple and was led by the Holy Spirit to go there. What a coincidence, right? Is this one of those times when somebody could have convinced Simeon otherwise? No, he knew what was going on. He walks up to this baby, just a normal baby. Nothing special about this baby, right? It's not like he's sitting there with a gold crown on his head. Or wings. or I mean, it's a baby. But he walks up to this baby and gives praise to God for what he had sent. Y'all, this man had encounters with God. He, he longed to see the fulfillment of it. And he said, Lord, thank You that I have seen Your salvation. I have seen the glory of God here today. Y'all, that, that is such a special thing. And I want you to just soak on it for a moment. I want you to take it in that, that there ought to be in each and every one of us a hunger and a longing to see the effects of what God is doing around us. To see Him impart some special wisdom or knowledge to us. And that then we can have another longing and a desire to see that fulfilled. There ought to be something in us that says, I want to see the promises of God and see them fulfilled. That's what it is to see His glory. It doesn't have to be this visual thing. But I promise you, the, the things that God does, whether there's something you can pick up and touch, or someone that you can touch, or just something He's doing, they're all real. No matter how, how tangible it might be to pick up and hold, it's still real. And when God promises something, He's, he's faithful to fulfill it. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Man, imagine what's going on in his heart. Man, just filled full. I mean, you know He is. Imagine what that's like if you've ever had God make a promise to you and then you've seen the answer to it. What does it do to you? Man, boom, I'm full. I, I Now I've seen the fulfillment of His promise and, and you know God's not a liar. You know He's faithful. You know He's true. And I'm trying to tell you today there needs to be a further expectation in you today of what God wants to do in each and every one of us. We allow Satan and this world to snuff out that hope and expectation all the time. We allow our other priorities to to become the expected norm. Y'all, these guys I'm telling you about today wasn't into the expected norm. 
right? Normal for Moses was encountering God on a face-to-face basis. Normal for Moses was seeing mighty works of God on a regular occurrence. In fact, daily for quite a number of years, he saw manna fall from heaven. Hmm? How do you get used to that? You know, have y'all ever just... You know, I know a lot of y'all are hunters and stuff, and, and I've been out there in the morning before the sun rises, and you start to hear these little animals come to life, and, and man, as the sun comes up, they just get louder and more active, and man, it's just a testament of God all around you. That little glimpse right there, taking, and, and we discount that so many times. We kind of have to be in a special mindset and a frame of mind to, to even catch that for a moment. You almost have to be looking for it, right? To, to see the hand of God in those situations. But imagine how it is for someone to get up every morning and, and to see manna fall from heaven. This is my provision for the day. And you know after probably 30, 40 years, you, you kind of get used to it and expect it. But every now and then you go back to it and say, you know what, this is, this is pretty crazy. Even though it's normal right now, this is not the way God designed this world to operate. He didn't design bread to fall from heaven every day. But He does this supernaturally. And so I'm telling you that today because I, I know in each and every one of our lives there is that opportunity where God is doing mighty things and, and we've just kind of become... Normalized, we've become desensitized to it. I encourage you to start looking around and seeing the things God's doing. Man, He's doing mighty works all around us all the time. And we just kind of overlook it because it's become normal. I guarantee if you start praying and saying, God, show me what you're doing, He would say, Well, don't you know about this? Don't you remember this? Didn't you see when this happened? That was me. I guarantee you there are some people down around the Houston area that probably saw the hand of God. You say, well, you know, all the rescue efforts and stuff, uh, people just did that. I bet you'd have a hard time convincing some of those people that were saved that that was just some good guy that come in a boat, right? I mean, I guarantee you Brother Sam can probably tell you some stories where even though he was the guy in the boat, probably it blew somebody's mind that he was able to find them. You know what I'm saying? If we begin to look, we will see how God is moving in our life. Sometimes it's, and most of the time, not what we expect. But I guarantee you, if you will take the time, you'll be able to say, I too have seen the glory of God. And y'all, I'm telling you this today not because I just want you to start looking, but I'm telling you this today because I want there to be an expectation and a hope in you. I want you to say, you know what? For so long I have lost my hope. I've lost expectation of God doing anything. I've lost expectation or hope that God's going to answer my prayer. I've lost all of that. And I want you to just take a moment and say, you know what, there might be a chance that I could still see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You don't have to wait till you die to see His goodness. 
If that's all you got left, I understand wanting to give up. That's what David was saying. He said, man, I would have gave up. I would have just fell apart. I would have fainted and not ever done anything if I hadn't have believed to see His goodness. Now, I don't know who this is today. I don't know what, what you're going through, what God is, is working on you about. I just want you to be encouraged though. Just like Simeon, if, you, if you're a child of His, you've seen His salvation. Y'all, I've, I've had first-hand encounters with God. I've had, I've had Him just meet me right where I am. And, and I could not deny that this is the presence of God. It's so real, I couldn't say it was anything else. I couldn't say it was some ghost came in the room. I couldn't say I just had a bad lunch that's affecting me funny. I couldn't say any of that because I knew it was God. When, when He moves in and touches me, I mean, I just want to start crying. I just want to weep. And it comes out of nowhere. He, he just knows how to just cut right through all of the nonsense that is Kevin Alfred and get right to the meat. I hope he's, saying, he's doing that to you right now. All that other stuff is just nonsense. But he knows how to get to the core of what makes you, you. And he can minister to you there if you will invite his presence in.